You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Okay, so you just said something super interesting that I want to talk about because I've never really talked about it much. Like my community knows that I talk about things as I'm going through them. But what you were just saying is I don't like to talk about things when I'm in the middle of it. I like to talk about it from a different place. So can you explain to me why that is? Yes. And I also want to say that there's no right or wrong to either. Right. Like don't shit on me right now on my own podcast, please. (laughs) I I actually think it's really beautiful how you do for me personally. uh, Like a lot of the things I've gone through, I haven't talked about publicly. And part of that is because I've seen this happen with others. And I just know myself in that in speaking about the current process, it can almost create like a self-fulfilling prophecy or an identity around this is who I am. And then I need to like continue to create the identity around that. Like we've even talked Kelly, cause you've, you've done it, but you've done it in a very masterful way of like, you've been in processes and you've talked about them, but then you've moved on mm-hmm. and you've been in and moved on. And so for example, like chronic illness is one that we see a lot around in like saying you have a disease and then that disease becoming your identity and never leaving the disease or like almost, you know, it's like what you focus on energy flows or any energy flows where attention goes. And for me, like I'm in a number of current processes, but I'll tell my close community about them, but, and my, my closest friends, but having, it's almost like having external gaze. I feel like that's even more energy coming towards me of fulfilling that narrative Mm -hmm. in some sort of way, which is not helpful for my own process. Yeah. I think that's super interesting. And where I come from is I felt like for so much of my life, I was living a double life and like I was lying to everyone. And so now Mm -hmm. I really struggle with not talking about things as I'm going through them because I have this like, this like inner like voice that wants to share the truth because I just lied for so long. I was suffering silently while being on television and putting on a happy face. And so I feel like not only am I lying to myself if I don't share, but I'm lying to my community, which I grapple with because, I mean, I talk to the girls about this. Like, I know I don't owe them anything. I'm not obligated to like share every detail of my life. But at the same point, I'm obligated to myself, to be honest. So I have a, I have a hard time like walking that line of when do I share this? And this is why we're doing this podcast this morning as a part of this conversation, <laughs> because I feel like, I'll be struggling with things with you guys privately, our little group, but then I'm, I'm not talking about them publicly because I don't like know really what to do with it. And so I feel, sometimes I feel like I want to crawl out of my own fucking skin. Cause I'm like, I got to get this out into the world. <laughs> I don't know. It's so silly. Like, but I also, the, the other thing I've been thinking a lot about lately is like the sexuality piece and threesomes and dating women and all this stuff. I said this to Priya when we were in Tulum. I said, you know what I'm realizing is that so much of talking about my relationship and being with women, I almost was feeling like it was a way for me to prove how flowy and open I am. And right. And it, 
it started to feel out of integrity to talk about it. And I realized that it was another way of getting attention or validation from people of like, look how much work I've done. I can go down on a girl and I'm so woke. (laughs) And it's like, okay, but that is not the whole point, right? That's not why I do it. But then sharing it is like proving this ability to be open and look how much work Mm -hmm. I've done. And I realized that that's not the intention with which I want to share things. And so I really pulled back. So I don't know. I just, it's just an interesting conversation because obviously we're, you know, quote unquote public figures who talk about their lives and what we're going through. And it's just a constant back and forth with me. I'm like, I don't know. Is it time? Do I wait? Is this supportive for people? Is it supportive for me? What's the intention? Am I just trying to get attention again in another way, but telling myself that I'm doing it for the good of humanity? (laughs) Right. It's so fun though, because like we, and I've told this to you a million times over, but you are in so such integrity. And like, I know that's a core value of yours, integrity and everything that you do. And it's like, you're growing. We talked about the growth and how we're people that grow very quickly out of old versions of self, which is like a mind fuck because literally we, it's just like, wait, (laughs) yesterday I was this person and now that's not me anymore. And so there is this urge to share, to like to be authentic, right? To share ourselves. But what's so interesting is like you coming from a place of sharing because it's an integrity, all aspects, and in that feeling really good to then the next minute, maybe taking a little bit longer to share this part or like simmering on it. But the thing is, you're never like, you don't keep your thoughts or feelings in, you just have different outlets. <laughs> for what you share right like <laughs> it's not like you're hiding aspects of self or like you're the first year I'm always in awe of you because you're just like this is what's happening right now and <laughs> this is how I'm feeling and you might not share the world like, I'm gonna die we're gonna laugh this whole podcast I know am I a chronic overshare I feel like that's what we're getting at right no, now <laughs> no everything you share I'm like huh you have such an amazing like grounded way of just like, I feel like you've not moved past the stage of needing to like have perfect words yeah, for what you're going through and you can just say it. And then it like sparks and catalyzes the whole conversation on being like, huh, I didn't think about it in those words. Let's like unpack that a little bit. I so also, no, I, don't think I also have you to like, uh, make sense of my words. I just say like a bunch of gibberish and then Katie pieces it into something that makes sense and then tells me, reflects it back to me in like all the ways that I'm like, Oh wow. I'm like really self-aware and amazing. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I'm good. <laughs> Good. And at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if that made any sense at all. I know. <laughs> so, I feel like that's what our, our whole group is literally just us being like, no, you make sense. <laughs> you. you are valid. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. That's so funny. So words. Yeah. Can we talk about words? Hold on. We need to do the open for the show real quick. (laughs) (laughs) So just really fast. I just want people to understand like what we're doing here. I have been having a um, 
what one of my intuitives I met with yesterday, she called basically like this existential spiritual crisis, which, you know, kind of over the top to say it that way, but that's what it's felt like. And I've been bringing this to the girls. Katie and I have been talking about this a ton. Megan was just here. She stayed with me. Um, We talked about it. Like I've just been really reaching out to my people and being like, Hey, I'm having these feelings, these thoughts, and I don't really know what to do with it. And I feel semi chaotic and ungrounded. And like, I feel like my whole world is shifting again and I haven't really known how to talk about it. And Katie is always telling me like, if you want to record, just tell me and I'll be there. So it is uh, 7 a.m. Mountain Time on Tuesday, July 13th. And we are having this conversation. We don't know where it's going to go, but thank you for being here because I just like, obviously I love and respect and admire you so much. And you've been on the show more than probably anyone at this point. Um, And the girls love hearing from you, but it's also, I was going to do a solo about this, but I love having you here because I think just being able to feel community in this conversation, there's so many ebbs and flows in our spiritual path, in our life path, in growth, and it can feel really isolating. And even with my community and with you guys, I have felt isolated. I have felt insane the last like month. And I want people to see what it can look like to be radically honest with your friends and also receive feedback and see the world through someone else's lenses and eyes and just have this conversation. I think it's so fucking important. Um, and I just, I value your thoughts and your opinions and your heart so much. So thank you for being here. Um, so let's talk about words. words. <laughs> let's talk about words in a conversation where many of us, like many of you listening might be going through something similar in a totally different way of like having big feelings about something and being like, I don't, the, what I kept coming back to, I just paused was, I don't know, you know, Kelly, I've been talking about this like three, four weeks ago. I was like, I can't keep saying that. I can't keep saying, I don't know. And I was pointed out from you saying it, you like start a sentence and then go, I don't know. And everyone was saying it, like, I don't know. And it's almost, I see the, I don't know, because I've been thinking about it a lot. As this, it's almost like a fear of messing up. The words are like messing up the words and getting misinterpreted for something that's really important to you, but something that you want to relay to those closest to you in a way that like you can be supported and held and all the things in the right way. But there's this, there's just this, um, nature of words where I have found and I know from your experience which I'd love to hear that every word seems wrong to describe the current experience it's like we're running out of words or words which we'll talk about have taken on these other meanings that make us like like I don't I don't want that I don't want to even say that for example authentic or embodied which I have I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna fucking do I'm gonna tell my producer to bleep out every fucking word (laughs) we're leaving fuck shit ass bitch but we're bleeping out embodied and authentic and aligned (laughs) note to team (laughs) and fully expressed (laughs) the words I probably have used the most and I'm like fuck 
my god. I need new words. Everyone's using these words. And it's not that people are using them out of integrity because I've been very open that a lot of the reasons why I use these words is because I have been the opposite of them, the opposite of fully expressed. Yeah, and it's still a journey completely of embodiment in whatever way that is. But we had a call with the girls the other day and oh, today's the day. <laughs> today's the day. I called last week and we were just laughing so hard because Laura, one of our dear friends, um, was mirroring something back to Kelly. And she's like, it's so funny because you're saying that this is the, like we're talking about embodied as the word that we don't want to use. And <laughs> Laura's like, Kelly, I just feel like, <laughs> I feel like you're embodied now. <laughs> it's so good we're dying laughing because kelly and i were also having a conversation the other day of just like it's annoying because it feels like the seriousness of everything it both is completely serious but it's also not like we talk a lot about the importance of play and fun and joy and and bringing that all in and especially bringing that in in times where it's like you could be really frustrated and really annoyed and not have the words and want to be understood and want to connect and like want to understand where you're going. But, and that being a really serious journey, like that is serious, but at the same time, not wanting to take yourself as seriously as potentially in previous times that you have. So it's like, how do we communicate that we're all of the things? This is like something that I've, I've had a challenge communicating recently and being like, you know, I'm not good or bad right now. I'm not like, like things are really good in some ways. And then also things are not. And so I don't have a word to describe. Like, I don't, I'm not interested in the small talk of just being like, I'm fine. I'm this and that. Like, I want to experience the depth of connection that I know not only is possible, but that we have and that we have with others. And I'm, I'm finding myself at a loss for words as well, which in the past could make me shut down, but I don't want that which then creates even more frustration, right? Of just being like, I just want someone to understand. I just like want to be understood. I want to be able to communicate in a way. And um, what I know I've told you a million times and that is something so incredible with the group and like the sisters that we've, we've cultivated is there's a time for words. And then there's a time where it's like the presence speaks louder than words. Yes. And it's almost like we can just show up like this and be like, oh, I know exactly where you're at. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, oh my God, there's, I just wrote down seven things I want to talk about in that two minutes of you talking. So I like what you just said, because I think I experienced that last year with all of you when Remy, well, both my mom and Remy died, just showing up to Zoom calls and you all knew that you couldn't say anything to fix it. It's not like you're going to like magically make me feel better. So you didn't say anything. You just would all sit there for 20 minutes with me on Zoom, not saying a word, just looking at me while I cried and just had my moment. And it was of all the calls we've had, which we've had so many incredible calls verbally, those were the most powerful. And maybe maybe not for you all, but for me in receiving that, it was like receiving the unwavering, unconditional love and energy of my sisters words were not required. And that is it. I feel, I agree with everything you just said. And I feel that there is this, um, 
this like transcension of words into energy, which is actually what embodiment is not what we like, whatever everyone fucking thinks embodiment is at this point. I don't even know. We need like the actual dictionary versus whatever (laughs) fucking modern spiritual people have created words to mean. Um, but I feel like that's what it is. It's when we are less attached to words and needing to speak and give labels to things and talk about things, that is when we are in actual embodiment. We are living it rather than having to say it or have some structure around it. Does that make sense? Yeah, because we're not in the perfection of it. We're not trying to be like the perfect spiritual people. Yes. Perfect gurus or the perfect whatever it is. And it's funny because it's like we say we can say modern spiritual people and then it's like, wait, we are modern spiritual people at the same time. Right. And so then we're like kicking ourselves and not wanting to do that or perpetuate that. But in some senses, it's like no matter what that can be seen by others, like we have to let that go because we know who we are. And then we also don't know who we are. (laughs) It's like the, the crux of the words, but I, I totally agree with everything that you said. And just even mirroring like those calls of no words. I know we've had many moments too. Like I had probably the darkest night of the soul. One, one of them this year and Kelly just like held me literally for like two days straight through this journey where I was like, I, it was, I've had a lot of dark night of the souls, but this is a very, very, very dark 48 hours of the soul. And it's like, there weren't words needed. That was all I needed. And there was so much that came from that and wove through that. And like, yeah, it's, it's almost like, I feel like words have been so needed or so emphasized in the past. And we're almost creating new language in not wanting to have to like, even, okay, actually I'm going to completely divert from this because I just had a new train of thought in what you said about modern spiritual people and in going off of like not being perfect. There's a thing about energy, right? Energy is felt no matter what my voice is even going. It's like, it doesn't even want me to speak right now. There's a thing about how energy, regardless of what you say, you can say it in the simplest way. And you do this many times, right? You're like, sometimes I feel like the words I use are just so simple, but it's not about that because it's in total integrity and the frequency of what you're giving out is going to connect with exactly the right people. It's like, I could use all of the best words and and promise you all of these things that I'm going to do for you. Let's even say that I'm creating a program. I could find the exact things that I think that you want, but if my energy is not matching that, it doesn't matter. Versus I can put a landing, not even a landing page up. I can like put an Instagram story up saying that I'm doing this. And if it's in total integrity, everyone that's meant to find me will find me. And this isn't about selling. This isn't about whatever, but this is literally how energy works where we're moving like from this time where we don't, it doesn't have to be as hard as we've made it. We don't have to do things the way that are the best practices. And actually when we just are in more integrity, which I know you've seen and I've seen, everything comes to us easy. And there's no needing to prove that we're these flowy fairy goddesses. No, because it's like, we can be them all, but it's just what is aligned in the moment? Because in one moment, you're going to be a boss bitch who's running the show and grinding because it feels really good. And then the next you're going to be in Hawaii with a broken computer, allowing everything to flow to you even quicker than if you were to muscle, because that wasn't in alignment. It's like, you're both, Mm -hmm. you're not one or the other. 
Mm-hmm. I love that which so much. Be- Say that again. So which can get, be confusing for others who might want to put you in a box or for you if you've previously come from a place of like feeling like you're out of integrity or not being authentic, mm-hmm. right? In your previous life that you need to just like show even more that no, I am all these things. Like I am authentic. Like I want to speak about it because I want you to know that this is my truth. Okay. Okay. This is so good. This is, how do I want to ask this? Our truth, quote unquote, our truth. I had a fucking program called her truth. Like I have a bone to pick with our, her, your, my truth. Because this is what I said to Davey last night. I was like, can you give me some perspective? I was like, girl, I change on a moment to moment basis, let alone on a daily and weekly basis. Like I straight up will look at my phone and I'll look at my Instagram or photos and I'm like, Hmm, don't recognize her. Like listen to my show back. My voice has changed. And so then I'm like, okay, was that not me? Is this me now? So I want to talk about this with you, Katie, because I believe that I am always in my truth, living my truth, speaking my truth. I think I'm one of the most fucking authentic people (laughs) (laughs) and genuine and embodied. I'm all, I feel like I'm all the things. And yet at the same time, I'm having a aha moment right now. Um, can we be the non hijacked? Uh, what are what, what is Oprah? What do you call her? A reptilian? Uh, can we be the non hijacked reptilian versions of Oprah and Gail? <laughs> that would just make you really happy. <laughs> Anyways, aha moment made me think of that. Um, so what is it if I say I'm in my truth or I'm speaking my truth, and then tomorrow I totally change my mind and perspective? Just like I've been like uber spirituality down the rabbit hole. And now I'm like, what the fucking fuck? I can't, but I still feel like I'm in my truth. What is that? Asking for a friend. (laughs) This is something that I just feel like, and of course, like I say that, and then I'm going to have another thing. Come on. Like it's a consistent, when we're growing, we're consistently growing. But after we went to Tulum, I remember that one of my biggest awarenesses was like, no, I'm not going to care about the misinterpretation anymore. Like I know how quickly that I grow from this version to this version and it can be so confusing for others. And I've had other people like continually just share with me. They're like, I feel like you just are transforming again and again and again and all this stuff. I'm like, well, yeah, I am. But within that, there was this like backbone that came to knowing that in order to show up fully, I'm going to have to be okay with being a contradiction to myself. Like that's the whole point. And some people like there, I may be called out. I may be this, I may be that, but it's not going to rock my knowing that at that time, that was the version of myself that was showing up fully authentically, whether that meant showing up or not showing up. Cause I tend to take, like, I literally have to take breaks if I can't show up, but it doesn't mean it doesn't, shift the authenticity it's like I have to use all these buzzwords right authenticity of that and for you 
that version of you at that time. And I like known because I've seen these versions. It's like that was true to you. But now because you're committed to your growth, you're not her anymore. But she is still you. And she's still coming along with you. Is it because of now I have more context and awareness? So it's like different layers or versions of me are showing themselves? Or is it because I'm changing my mind? And so now I have a different lens or perspective or maybe both. So this is, this was you like a week ago Mm -hmm. and now this is you. And so I think it's all of the things. And what I'm showing is like putting my hands together and then expanding my hands. And it's like, you're not right. This version is still the smaller circle is still within the bigger circle, but you can see more when you're in the outer rim of the bigger circle than on the smaller. So when you were in the smaller circle, you could see as much as you ever could see, but now you see even more, which I've shared this, like the image, I'm pretty sure I've even shared in your podcast. It means you can see more of the negative or the darkness or the shadow or whatever as well. Like you don't just expand upwards or outwards you expand downwards as well but I think that like this commitment to growth or this continued growth we have to reconcile that we'll never get there like we're always going to be shifting we're always going to be evolving we're always going to be changing so will we allow ourselves to show up fully in the now with the knowing that you know future versions of ourselves might cringe or might be like whoa you had no idea what you're talking about but also at the same time know that wait you knew exactly what you were talking about because you were talking from that place and kelly this is what i'm seeing every version of ourselves are able to meet different people with where they're at and so i think sometimes we stay small and I, i'm just will speak for myself like stay smaller because we don't think that this next version of ourselves will be able to be met or that people think we're crazy or that we've like just shifted in a way that isn't authentic or whatever. And that can keep us want to stay in this mold or this previous version of ourselves that we've been successful at being. Um, but what I've found is like the, the less sense I make just personally of myself when I'm just being my full self in the now, I think I, I'm going to read something actually, because I posted something a few weeks ago and I was like, everyone's going to think I'm crazy in saying this. And every, I got like so many people responding to this and being like, whoa, same. I get it. I'm there. And it's, it's literally to me, it felt like gibberish. And so I'll read it. Cause I feel like it's very, very, uh, it's very connected to what we're talking about right now. And so they wrote this on June 25th. I just got out my phone. I opened up Instagram and I just started writing and I posted. I never do that. And I said, I've rebirthed myself so many times this past year, four years, lifetime, month, moment, that life's looking a lot like tomato, tomato in so far to say that the dichotomies and polarities that seem to control life in the 3D, those of right and wrong, good and bad, happy and sad are of no interest to me. It's not one or the other. They both exist at all times, simultaneously within me and within you. They shift moment to moment, and the experience I've experienced a moment ago is no longer. I'm experiencing myself, the universe experience itself, because I am now, now, as you are. And language doesn't close to capture it. In fact, parentheses, because yes, this is an asterisk fact, it distorts the whole message. 
it creates codes, codes that muddle meaning. And yes, you are, parentheses, more likely than not meant to read this as not only the word themselves, but as the feeling that exists beneath the transmission as energy. Energy is felt, it passes from form to form, informing and activating codes without explanation. I have little interest in explaining the aforementioned. I have little need to relate the above to the other to be better understood. But if you're here, parentheses, more likely than not, you already understand, your being understands without needing to know why. I see you receive, receive, receive as I do you, quantum leaping in the now to experience a vaster existence, one that isn't explained through words, one that is entirely felt. Asterisk, take note to when, quote, fact is used. Always, always, always. Mm. So you don't have to actually understand any of the words that I just said, because that was the whole point. I'm like, I'm just going to write this mm. and people who aren't going to understand are just going to scroll right past. And that's totally fine. And it, it seems like a little thing. It's like, oh, you put up an Instagram post, but for me, it was more like just totally trusting whatever's going to flow through without any need to be understood with knowing that the energy was exactly where I was at and kind of is still where I'm at of, I don't have words for this experience other than I'm done with needing to explain myself or needing to be understood because I feel like I have people who so understand me without me needing to say a single word. And I know that that's possible. And so I know that that just is going to continue to come into my field and that I have the support to continue to expand in ways that feel scary and ways that feel super unknown because they're versions of myself that haven't yet existed. So I want to go back then to words because what we're talking about is like the energetics and frequency of words and meeting people and them finding you and this organic sort of relating. Mm-hmm. But what I'm experiencing that makes me fucking nauseous is like the hijacking of the words and the use of words to manipulate and market and make money and have more followers. I, I really try hard to say my community because when I say followers, it makes me feel like I am trying to be your guru, which I fucking hate right? I hate it with a passion. And so what, like, what is it about the words? Is it a, is it comfort? And it is the way that most of us have learned how to relate. So it's hard to transcend that and understand the energetics of it. Is it control What do you feel is happening with words? What I feel is happening with you Mm -hmm. is that you've grown to a place where you so easily see where the words don't match the frequency, which I do as well. And it cuts you because you're like, oh, it's not that there are issues in the words. It's that it's out of integrity and it's not aligned with the guru, the teacher, the guide. And there's more of this because it's, it's right. Like whether we say spirituality or whatever realm it's becoming more trendy, popular, whatever that means, which isn't good or bad, but when you are someone who has influence and you see that you're like, well, I just want to turn my back completely because I don't want to influence in that 
type of way. Like, I don't want to be manipulative. I don't want to be whatever. This is what I say with my soul family, which is everyone that I connect with, because I feel like I'm, and this is like any session I have, whatever I always say, like your soul family, because your energy always knows when to connect in the completely right time. And I know you feel the same around your community. I'm no better than you. I don't know more. I'm just being the version of me within my own gifts because these are my gifts and they'll continue to evolve where I can support you in an energy exchange so that you can do the same in the world and support other people. Cause if we're being serious, like using the words that are these words that were like, eh, like I see everyone using these words and they're full of shit, which isn't bashing them. It's just like, we want to be authentic. Haha. <laughs> we want to be this version of ourselves and we don't want to be, we don't want to perpetuate what is like the guru mentality because it's not the point. Like the point of a teacher, a guide, whatever, is to bring you back to yourself, is to help you show up fully so that you can help others as well. And so I think that it's less about that the words are an issue and the, the feeling nauseous and sick around thinking about it is less about um, you like <sighs> needing to completely shift words in themselves and it's more about you just have this whole new lens of being like I want nothing I don't want to be anything part of it because that feels gross and I see the manipulation and I see where it causes harm which I think is a challenge for many of us like I see where people give away their power to and and we see this Kelly because we've done it in the past Mm -hmm. like I know this firsthand that like one of the first shamans I worked with I put them on a pedestal and it was a rude awakening for me. I was like 21 and it was a massive, it was like when I would say my spiritual awakening happened in whatever way you want to characterize that. But basically when my eyes were open to that, the world that I knew it was very much not the world that I knew it. And so when you're in that place, it can be very lonely. It can be very confusing. And so for people who know, who are seers, who are guys, who are intuitives, which we all are, it can be easy to put them on a pedestal as a figurehead or as God or as whatever, where really that's not the point. And that can be a really dangerous place because I think we've even seen this within close people to us in that it's like, no, 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 you're power. Like, you know, this person doesn't know more than you. And it's, it's challenging because it's everyone's individual journey and yet I think that like as people who really don't want to perpetuate that and who really just want to lead ourselves back to ourselves and consequently lead others back to ourselves it can feel incredibly disheartening and it can make us be like let's just leave spirituality altogether because I don't like where this is going I see this as another mechanism for control mm -hmm. god fucking yes Katie all of that that's so good Okay, I know this conversation is potent AF, but I just want to take a minute to talk about how I'm nourishing myself. Um, I got sick. I was sick for like nine days. I still don't know what the fuck was wrong with me. Probably because we were moving, we got engaged, I'm planning a wedding, all the things at one time. You can still kind of hear it. I, I'm still a little like ugh, congested, but I'm really glad because there are two things that I did that I think were incredibly helpful to help me heal and stay hydrated and feel better, even though I was like 
just so sick. This is all I could do. And I couldn't really eat much. So I was basically just had all the bevs, all the bevies around me at all times. So the first thing I did was I got Organifi's uh, immunity. So I took these little immunity packs, which are amazing and rich in vitamin C and they help with your immune system and all the things, but they have a reishi extract, um, called beta glucan, 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 who the fuck cares? It doesn't matter. This is so important. Mushrooms are everything. Mushrooms are life. If you don't know that yet, like let's get on board here, people. Um, I'm obsessed with Organifi because they use mushrooms in so many of their products. Um, but the beta glucan is an incredible compound that is, uh, found to be just as effective as traditional antibiotics. So I'm taking the immune pack, um, immunity with vitamin C, with reishi mushrooms, with, uh, cherry and orange and ginger and acacia fiber and turmeric, uh, olive leaf extract, zinc, monk fruit. Like this is as good as it gets. I did this every day, but you know what I did, which I probably didn't make this up, but I'm going to pretend like I did. I also threw in the Organifi balance. So that is their blend with prebiotics and probiotics. I learned this from Dr. Lekos, my functional medicine doctor, that when you're sick, if you fucking load up on probiotics as well as vitamin D is super helpful and vitamin C game changer. It knocks shit out of you. So I did this every single day and I swear it saved me. So I mix immunity with balance, cold water, blended it up. You can't taste the probiotics. It doesn't leave a weird taste. Um, best of the best. I'm obsessed with everything that Organifi creates, mix those up. And that was my go-to drink every single morning. I cannot recommend this enough. I've done this before, but I like hit it hard, like a crazy person while I was sick. Um, so yes, Organifi, all the things, mushrooms, vitamin C when you are sick. So, so helpful. So if you want to add that into your regimen, you can go to Organifi.com slash Kelly T that is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Kelly T and you will get 20% off. The other thing I did, like I said, couldn't eat a ton. Also being sick in the summer fucking blows. Um, so I was just a downing element, like as many electrolytes as I could possibly get into my system I was doing. I think I had two element a day for the last week and a half. And again, saved me because I was dehydrated. I was actually throwing up uh, for a few days in a row. I wasn't sleeping because I was coughing all night. So like you're not hungry and you feel like shit. And the only thing I could do was drink element. So I would basically have one to start the morning and then another one in the afternoon. Oh my gosh. First of all, it just tasted so good. But second, getting those electrolytes into your body when you're really sick like that is so, so important if you're ever going to recover and heal. Um, I like all the flavors. Grapefruit is new. Watermelon is the bomb. Throw in some raspberry, some lemon habanero, chocolate when it's hot, when you want, but when it's cold and you want something hot, I'm currently not doing hot chocolate because it's hot as balls in Colorado. Um, but when it cools down again, I'll get back to that uh, regimen with the hot chocolate. 
love element. It is the best, the best, the best. Nothing artificial, no sugar, no nothing. So you can go to drinkelement.com. That's drinklmnt.com slash Kelly T. You'll get an eight pack sampler for just the price of shipping, which is five bucks. I am telling you guys have this on stock for when you are sick, regular all the time, but for when you are sick, it is so incredible. You are like, trust me, it's going to make such a difference for you. So get that going. So here's a novel idea for you. What if you used a sex toy on your face? Okay. You might think this is crazy, but bear with me here. So we vibe sent me the touch X and I thought this is interesting. They're calling it a magic multitasker. What are we doing here? So basically they have taken a sex toy and made it multi-purpose. So it can do all the things you can use it on your face. When you have a mask, when you are exfoliating, the vibration is so good uh, for your skin, your lymphatic system. And you can also put it on your clit and it feels just as good. I love this because it's kind of a two for one and sometimes things are expensive and how many toys do we really need? Okay, let's be serious. I want all the toys and I do have all the toys, Uh, but it's really nice to have something that does many different things. There are even people I saw on Instagram who were using it to apply their makeup. So that's pretty interesting, Uh, but it has eight different intensity levels. So you can take your pleasure on a rocket ship and zoom out of here if you want. It's waterproof, so yay for bath time, as well as if you do have that face mask or you're washing your face and you want to add in something fun, a little magic, do that. Um, And it's super quiet, so it's very discreet. And I love that. No one needs to know what's going on. And for some people, sex toys are a little intimidating. And so I love that this is quiet and you're going to hear the from the next room, even though sometimes it's fun for people to know what you're doing. So I would love to see you guys try this out. I'm a huge fan. Uh, It's small, fits in your hand. You can do all the things with it. Uh, Incredible when you do have the face mask on and then why not go get into the bathtub and then put it on all the other parts while you're at it. And just a reminder that Touch X is only meant to be used with water-based products. The link is in the show notes and I can't wait for you guys to experience orgasms everywhere. It's not about the words because the words are what they are. It's how our egos use them, the intention with which they're being used, the vessels that are regurgitating them for whatever their use is of them. I <laughs> I had this conversation again last night. I had so many conversations because I, I was taking advantage of this intuitive because she's older than she's like 20 years older than us. And I was like, can you please provide me some insight? Because this is just fucked up. And I said, this is where I am. I feel like part of my purpose on this planet is to call out bullshit. You and I talk about this all the time because you remind me that I am protected. Thank God. Because like I've been calling bullshit, bullshit out my whole life because I see things and I'm like, that's not okay. Like I don't like people being manipulated, taken advantage of. I don't like people who don't have power being run over by people with power, like in so many dynamics. I wrote a book 
after most people don't know this. I wrote a book when I was 21 to 25. I put it out when I was 25, self-published it, but I wrote about how difficult it is for athletes to transition into being regular people. It's called the transition. Um, if you are so inclined, you can find it on Amazon. I wouldn't say that it is an amazing read, but what I did was call out bullshit in the system of how athletes are not taken care of. We are not asked questions about who we are as people. We are only used to perform and to make money. And so many of the athletes I interviewed, almost all of which were former NFL stars, pro bowlers, Olympic athletes, like top level people They were dealing with suicidal thoughts, depression, body image issues, eating disorders. I mean, you name it. And I felt like they were being taken advantage of. And I had personally experienced it. I had a really hard time transitioning. And I was like, fuck this. I'm calling it out. And then when I was working in television and sexual assault was fucking running rampant, I came out publicly and talked about my experience. I have done this in a myriad of ways over time. And now I'm in this place where I see it happening again. I see, God, it just like makes me want to cry. I see through the bullshit. And I don't know if this is like some special gift I have and add it to my 12th sense that I'm (laughs) have the ability to, to take on or whatever. But I, I'm seeing how out of integrity so many teachers are and how there is this cult-like thing happening where we are following and giving our power away and being taken advantage of and we put people on pedestals and yet we don't actually know who they are We just read their captions and listen to their stories and take their programs and everything is marketed so perfectly and beautifully. And I find that when you get to know people as who they are, not their marketing fucking face or facade, it's a very different experience. Mm. And I cannot stay quiet because that is out of integrity for me. And I am not okay with all this crap. Like, it just feels so gross to me. And so that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's really disappointing, I think, when we see it happening. Um And I think as people who take a lot of self and personal responsibility, wasn't that the last podcast you put out? Yeah. Personal responsibility. Yeah. It can be, I know for me, the, the first thing is to like really look at myself and be like, am I doing this at all? Where is this? Which actually is both good, but is also a way that can keep me very small and in just wanting to like not listen to what I know is an integrity and 
Kelly, you do such a beautiful job of this in every single realm you put yourself in. And yeah, you are so protected, more protected than ever before of like, enough is enough. I'm calling it out. And I even know recently, like you've called up out a lot of stuff and it triggers people and it can be unexpected, but it's like the power that you have in doing that. It's unfortunate one in some ways that that has to happen that like sometimes you have to get into these, whether it's a container or whether it's just a path to then find out, Oh wait, this is not the truth. But at the same time, every time it like, I just see you not only more and more in your power, but more and more connected to what you know is true. So I think, you know, this has been occurring for since the beginning of time. Like I was never really religious. I went to like a, a private Episcopalian school for eight years of my life, but it was like not religious. I, I just was not a religious person. I wasn't really a spiritual person. I kind of shut that all down when I was seven. And then I reconnected to my own form of spirituality at like 20, 21. And what became so clear is one, one of the reasons that I shut those down because within organizations of all times, right? I know Connor does it within politics. Like it's, it's everywhere. It's not just about spirituality. It's about like every single large institution that has control. You can't go somewhere where this doesn't exist. So it's just like, what realm are you going to do it within sports? You were deep within that, called it out. But um, I think spirituality, connection to spirit, which is authentically like frees us and, and so incredible in its highest, right? It's like, I think my connection to spirit is the most important thing because it makes me most connected to the world here has been distorted and manipulated and it has through if you look through and this is not saying like when i talk about spirituality everyone has a different connection to it it can be through religion it can be through this but i think there's a there's an aspect of like really listening and really making sure is this in alignment with you because we can completely throw away our power to let's say a priest to forces that be we've seen a lot of shit go down in the Catholic church over the past, which I just think is going to continue because it, this type of control power manipulation that causes harm is not, is not going to be able to continue to exist. But for people who are pretty sensitive and who like don't want people to get hurt because we've no, not only because we've known how we've been hurt through these processes, but because it's just like, it's such a disgusting abuse of power. And for people who do have influence, it's, incredibly important that we are aware of it in order to not perpetuate it. And at the same time, this calling out, it's like, there's going to be, there's going to be continued places and times to do it. And I think that um, of institutions throughout history, like we're seeing it more because it's directly in our awareness now and like in this realm, but this has been happening yeah. and it's, it's just happening in new ways in like new age ways. Mm -hmm how do we help not contribute to that? And how do we also like, I, I say this with every single person that I connect with in any, any class that I ever do, I'm like, you don't have to agree with me. You don't even, this, this could not resonate if I want to use that word with you at all. But for those that it will amazing, but like, I'm not, 
I don't have more knowledge than you. This is just me being in the way that I share and I might work for you now and I might not later. And that's okay. That's actually, I, I would hope that that would be the case because you're continuing to grow and because you're a different unique person. And Megan and I were talking about this this weekend because as much as we may all believe that we're some some semblance of spiritual teacher or teacher in general, we're also humans with egos. You don't remove the ego from this experience. So, you know, she and I yeah. were talking about just how we see the world differently based on our experience. Something as simple as Megan was raised with all sisters and had a huge family and had a mom who was very spiritual, spiritually awake for her whole life. That is one lens that she has that she sees the world through that I don't have. I was raised mm -hmm. Catholic with a brother. And so I see the world through that lens. So the way we teach, we could teach the same exact thing, but it will come through completely differently because of our perspective and lenses, because of our ego experiences in the world. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's part of the deal is we think that, oh, this person's a channel or this person's a guru, this person's a shaman. So they're just going to be like this clear vessel. I mean, maybe fucking Juan in Tulum is a clear vessel without his ego involved that I'm pretty sure he would say that he still has the ego involved. Juan is who I did, who did our Temescal in uh, Tulum with the girls. Um, fucking love him. Anyways, he is an integrity, but we are all vessels with egos. And so I think we have to keep that in mind. It is not pure. There is always going to be that influence of our humanness. And I think that is something that we are forgetting. It's like, oh, well, you know, ugh, I want to just name names and I'm not going to do it you know, so-and-so is channeling this and they're channeling like the seventh dimension star galactica. I feel like I'm talking in Star Trek terms. And, <laughs> and so they are clear and that is, that is the divine. Okay. Well, that may be true. I can't say for sure, but all I would ask is that you remember that we are all fucking people doing our best. And sometimes that means we are giving our influence even if we are a channel giving our influence into something and to be aware of that. Is that fair? Oh, Kelly. <laughs> and okay. I'm going to go this in a couple different points. Cause you just made such incredible points. One, we can't out spirit our human. Like we are human. Mm. We chose to be human. We like, I'm so I'm, I would say I like humaning is the, one of the most challenging aspects of this existence for me. I'm like connecting to spirit. That's easy. Who come out. But like the human experience is no joke. And we came here to be human. So like, we got to do it. We can't just like become enlightened and like leave our human. No, we're in the 3d. And this is something that's actually been, it's so interesting. If you look at the history of all different religions and whatever, so many are around like controlling around death. It's like, if you do this on the human plane, you're going to go to heaven or you're going to do this. And it's like, wait, this is an experience right here that we're here to have. And like, I don't know, that's, that's a whole different tangent, which I'm not going to go on. 
But then also, just as there's like ego and distortion and whatever in the human realm, there also is in higher realms. And this is what's not often known. Just because you're connecting to an angel doesn't mean that that's totally pure. I talk about this with Carolina mm-hmm. all the time about how there's distortion in the angelics and there's distortion. And what I would say, if we're going to go to a super multidimensional conversation in some ways, since you just brought in the 7D Star Trek, whatever, right? Like there's all these different dimensions. We can, our human tries to put them in categories, but that's not how things work because we're a very small consciousness but we're also very intelligent. Like we have emotions, we have touch, we have connection in ways that other realms don't. I bring this up because one of my gifts, if I was to say I had gifts and one of the things that opened me was like ability to see and ability to see interdimensionally, which is not a unique thing to me. Everyone can do it in different ways. It's just something that is something that I own that I can do. Not because I have more knowledge, not because I have your answers, just as a thing to preface that I say that because it's like it's a you can have a higher consciousness and there's still distortion there and you can have a higher this so it's like you don't want to give away your power also to other beings or other whatever even if we just think about God it's like no wait you are God and that's not saying that that's not being it as ego it's like you are a creator you're a co-creator your co-creator in this experience. So don't give your power away to this person just because they say that, like filter it through your being. Does this feel in integrity and alignment? Great, then move forward and continue to do that. Because in my personal experience, I've had things where I've had a teacher, a guide or a person. I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, there was something to do with my health and I, I agreed or agreed to like, do what this person was telling me to do. And it made me really sick. And I, uh, it was a connection from a friend and I like had a lot of trust in them. And I was like, okay, I trust you. And like, I'm committing to myself. So I'm going to listen. And I was just getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And I wasn't listening to myself at all. I was saying they know better for what's right for my body. They know. And this is, I say this for every single realm, because in that it's like, medical or health or something on the physical, we can talk about what's good for you spiritually. We can even talk about like therapy. Some therapists are going to be great for you. And some they're, they have ego as well. Like anyone who gets into these, any of these realms. And so just really being aware that like all of us are so, so, so human and no one ascends being human until they leave this plane, leave the 3d. Um, I think just allows us to have a lot more peace in our lives too. Like you can be the most spiritual person, right. And not be talking about any of this stuff or even just cause it's not your realm of genius or not your realm of what you're here to speak and preach and move about the world through. But uh, I think what, I think probably, or I know just based on this conversation and what we've talked about and what I'm gaining awareness of right now is that I think where we are most disgusted or just like upset or disenchanted by is seeing where people give away power even to us in ways that is so not the point and in ways that potentially can create a lot more harm with at the same time knowing that it's not our responsibility 
to like micromanage other people's journeys, but at the same time, wanting to do no harm and like wanting to experience embodiment, meaning like actually enjoying being on the physical, like doing all the physical things, like, you know, being here. This is something that we talked about last night. She said, um, why do you feel the need to be the one to call this out? And there's this like martyr aspect of me, right? And the savior aspect. And what she said is all of these people that you're talking about, these vessels that are um, distorting words and manipulating and all of these things, their role is important too. And they are on their path. And the people who are following them are also on their paths. And it is for them to learn this lesson not for you to save them. And she said, here's the thing. When we don't accept what is, we are suffering. She's like, so you're triggered and you're suffering and you're frustrated and you're like, and when you move into acceptance of everyone is in their role and on their path, you will no longer feel suffering. And I agree with that so much. And still feel like my role is to call this shit out mm-hmm. and not in a, let me save you, rescue you, fix you. Because, you know, I had to go through my own experiences. I'm sure maybe you guys saw me doing things and you're like, Oh God, fuck. I just want to tell Kelly not to do this because blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you got to let me figure it out. Right. And I mean, Laura, I feel <laughs> this is a whole other conversation, but I've told Laura this over and over for those of you who have read journey of souls, I believe that Laura Holloway is like my straight up guide who is like my, not my like puppeteer or whatever, but I get, I have to, what is like, what was the word? I like my taskmaster, but I always have to ask her permission. Laura thinks it's so funny. She's like, wait, what? I know. I say these things. Dude, I swear to God. She's like, she's here and she's like, she's like my spiritual mentor. Right. And so. I like have to ask her for permission. I don't actually ask her for permission, but like on a spiritual level, it's like, Hey, okay. So I got to learn this lesson. So what do you think if I should do this? So I feel like when I talk in our, our circles and I do shit and Laura's just like waiting for me to figure it out. She never tells me what to do. Even when I call her and I'm like having a fucking meltdown and she just holds yeah. space and she's supportive and she never says what to do. And she just watches me just like fuck up or do stupid stuff or, you know, whatever. And suffer when it's unnecessary. And then I come out of it and I'm like, Oh, I had this awareness. And Laura just like giggles at me. And I'm like, fuck you, bitch. Like, (laughs) but it's, that's part of what we do, right? When you are spiritually mature and when you are in your sovereignty, you understand that everyone is having their experience and they have to figure it out as they do. And so I think I know that I understand that and I'm not here to fix or save anyone. And yet I, I really believe that. Yeah. I wholeheartedly believe this. I just like my whole body is shaking right now that I, I have to call shit out because if I don't, I am out of integrity. (sighs) Kelly. (laughs) 
You do. Yeah. And you're so good at it. <laughs> but it, like, you're so, it, it really isn't, in, it is in integrity for you when you do it. And you're so like, I feel like that's such a testament too to growth for you and to like not people pleasing and not whatever and being like, like this is what we're talking about, about the evolution and even up, what was her name yesterday? Oh, Davy. Davy, of Davy like reflecting this back without even knowing that you're going through this of like not really having to, and you've not, I don't feel like you've ever done this, but I know that you feel like past versions of you have of like tiptoeing around a little bit more and you're just being so bold and ways of being like, no, I don't stand for that. And it rocks people. And you've, I mean, you've shared with me and I know with others of like times that you've done this and feedback that you've gotten or when you've called something out and then someone comes out of the woodwork and you're like, are you kidding me? You just reached out to me after this. I'm going to call you out again because that's not, that's like, I'm not forgetting. Like I'm not, I'm seeing through this and it's like, because you do that, I almost feel like you're more magnetic <laughs> for it. And you have this sword and I'm just seeing you being like, psh, 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 like cutting your way through the bullshit and cutting your way through the noise so that you don't have to, not only so you don't have to deal with it, but so that you can like create a path that's so much clearer for others as well. But you don't have to do anything other than like call out what you know you need to call out. And it shows up for you always. All the time. And I, I mean, I've, I think I've talked about this before on the show, but I feel like I attract people who are, you know, not integrity or maybe out of alignment. And it's like they, they like come into my energy and then they tell me how triggering I am or whatever. And I'm not even interacting with them. It's just them <laughs> being around me or watching my shit. And they're like, ugh, so hard. And I'm like... I just feel like I'm just here doing my thing. I'm not, for those of you listening, I'm not like personally attacking people and calling people out on a daily basis. That's literally not what we're talking about. It's like my energy is calling out their bullshit. And it's, it's funny because I, I think you're right. It's almost, it's, it's a way of relating that people know that something's off. And so then they come be around me and then it, it, not forces them, but they feel like challenged to shift and they see something Ooh, different and they're like, Ellie. huh. Big. And it's just that, yeah, when we're talking about this, it's not like Kelly's like, you're out of integrity. You're out of it. No, it's literally the exact opposite. You literally are just doing your thing. <laughs> and then people like come and tell you how they're triggered by you. I'm like, oh, okay. It's so wild. <laughs> to me it's so wild and I always tell you how brave your soul is for like just being here and doing what you do because it's almost like your energy body is like doing all of this work without you even knowing which I think is why you like are constantly contemplating why am I feeling this way like what's happening because you're like fighting battles outside of yourself and just being this pillar of integrity and of like stepping forward and evolving and calling out bullshit and calling out bullshit just through being there. Like people can't look at you. I can't be in 
the presence of you and try to like bullshit around you'll know and your energy will change oh my god I don't think we're gonna get into it but there's this experience in Tulum oh god (laughs) there was something that was very out of integrity and I was kind of disembodied that day because I was you know exploring some other new aspect of myself to explore and I was watching Kelly's energy and I was like wow hmm she looks mad (laughs) Kelly, Kelly mad. That's angry, Kelly. Kelly Kelly angry. Kelly not happy right now. And I was like, okay, (laughs) maybe Kelly. I remember someone else. I don't remember who it was. Like Caroline or someone was like, I just thought that that maybe that Kelly was getting serious. Oh yeah, (laughs) that's what happens when she does this. (laughs) (laughs) Never witnessed Kelly. So maybe she was just preparing. And for me, I was kind of like, huh, this is weird, but whatever. And then everyone, it was a chaotic day and everyone was, you know, having different experiences and there's a lot of energy going on. And there was this moment where Kelly was like, no. (laughs) And I was like, everything in my being was like, oh, Kelly's out. I'm out. I literally just left when Kelly said no. I was like, I'm done. Kelly's like, Kelly doesn't say no unless she's like, and that was a big thing for you to say no to something and to like not, you know, say no when it might impact a group and all this stuff. And I'm just saying that like, that was a huge thing for me because a lot of other people were saying no, but it was when Kelly said no, that I was like, done. It's not safe. Like, this is not a good experience that I need to be in. I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. Because I trust, I trust you so fully. And you're like, you're not just going to say that to make a fuss or to, you know, assert, like, it wasn't about you being in control at all. It was actually like, a really scary thing I think for you to do and like a big moment for you to speak how you were feeling mm-hmm. and potentially ruffling other people's feathers but really it was one of the biggest bravest and most impactful things you could have done thank you yeah you know that I kind of wanted to talk about this too and this kind of feeds into it is I was thinking this feels like some black mirror kind of shit but what if we had almost like uh, big brother, like webcams, if we could actually see how people are when they're not putting on a show, like are people walking the walk? Are people quote unquote embodied? Are they living this or are they saying it well? You know, there are masters of words and mm-hmm. there are also people who are living and I, I said this last week when I was struggling with this with you and Laura and, and Carolina of I watched the two of them and they're not famous. They're not, you know, huge on social media. They're not putting on shows. They are truly like living and breathing this on a daily basis. They are two of the most impactful, incredible people that I, I think you can agree with me that we've ever known. And they are literally changing the world. And a lot of people would never know that, but their energy and their shifting is so palpable and so important. So it's like they, they talk and do the thing, but I guarantee you that if I put cameras in both of their houses and in their cars, they would be exactly who they are on calls with us in private on in public. Like they are who they are. That is truly embodiment. And I feel like what is happening is we are living our lives to put on a show rather than living our lives for us. 
And that's a prime example in Tulum where that is a behind the scenes things thing that people will probably never know the details about. But for me, that it like that is a pivotal moment in my life and my growth and my choice of saying no and living that out and really being in that experience. And all of you, same thing in just different ways. And I think something I have been struggling with with this show and with Instagram is I find myself putting on a show when that's not mm-hmm. how I want to live. I really want to just live this and be this. And I am. And then it's like I get, I turn on record or I go on Instagram and create a reel. And it's like, oh, but you got to be this version in order to fit into the spiritual space. And if you don't use these words, then you're not as enlightened as everyone else. So that's just something that I've been thinking a lot about is like this show mentality versus this living it, just being. And how can we almost merge the two so that you don't become someone else when you push record or you turn on your Instagram? That this is genuinely who we are. And of course, we're people and we're going to have our moments and do dumb shit, but genuinely who we are on a daily basis and not pretending and just spiritually bypassing and putting on a mask in another way and saying, Oh, well, it's because of this. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. I feel like I'm babbling, but that's, this is my head right now. (laughs) Don't you feel like that's what we're doing right now though? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not talking any differently than how we usually talk. Yeah. I don't feel like I am. I mean, there's many different ways that we can talk in many different things. Like we're multidimensional, fully embodied, fully expressed, and then not. But like, I don't, I actually don't think right now that we're changing ourselves or putting on a show or mm-hmm. it's the moments that we potentially are that we have to like look back. But I don't, I, Kelly, I don't witness you doing that is a thing. I think you're hyper aware because you don't want to do it or yeah. you've seen yourself do it in the past or you see that where like a past version of yourself has done something that, that that's now not integrity because you have this awareness because you're like, oh, I was trying, I was just trying to get love and attention in a different way. Great. That's not inherently wrong. It's like, now you know though. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Davy said that last night too. She was like, I feel like you're being really hard on yourself. I don't actually witness you in that way. And I think that's what it is. I am, I am hyper critical and hyper aware right now because I don't want to be that way. That is so, I mean, how many times can I say integrity? This show should probably be called integrity at this point, but, integrity, yeah. um, but I just don't want to be that way. And so I'm, I just watch myself. I have this like bird's eye view of how I am. And I'm like, no. Nope, 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 nope. Anytime I even get close to that, I'm like, ugh, gross. Don't want to do that. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I definitely don't feel like I'm someone who puts on a show and this is pretty much who I am. Something I hear a lot when I meet anyone from my community in person, they're like, wow, you're exactly the same. And I'm like, thank fucking God. Like, I hope that I'm not any different. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, I wish people were a little more critical and aware of their actions because I think that that's back to personal responsibility. You need to be responsible for the way you are. And if you are someone who is, 
you know, has a ton of followers and you are leading and you are not asking yourself better questions about how you're leading and how you're showing up in the world, then you're fucking missing the point. Dude, something just came through. Um, so as someone, I could say as people who take immense personal responsibility, there's also an aspect where like, how much easier would it be if we didn't have to take personal responsibility? Oh, yeah. Right? If we just were blissfully unaware Cause it's a lot taking responsibility for everything. Like I know you've had this conversation with Connor too many times of being him being like, you're being too hard on yourself. Stop. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a big deal anymore. Stop. Which is a real thing. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, everything that you always say, I, I think this is why Laura laughs too on the call. Cause it's like, it's not even in the field. Like no, no one else is thinking that it's only you mm-hmm. literally only you. So yeah, maybe it's an opportunity to like, free yourself a little bit from that, not from the personal responsibility. Cause I think that you're, it's just something that you like can't escape from in your being. You do take responsibility and you are super self-aware, but just like not being as hard on yourself. Yeah. It's having right. the awareness without beating yourself up. That's what I struggle yeah. with. Cause I, I have like this D I carry guilt. Like yeah. no one, like uh, oof, I'm real good with guilt. And so I, I don't like disappointing people. I don't like messing up. I have a really hard time with that. That's something that that's a pattern. I like consciously work on every day. And so the second I'm like, Oh, that's not okay. Or why are you doing that? I beat myself up and I'm like, I make myself wrong and I feel so guilty. And I'm like, how could you do that? And so that's something that I am definitely working on is to let go of that and to remember I am a person. I have an ego. I do the things, you know, and it's all okay. We are all versions and everything all at once. And, and that's okay. It's just, yeah. So Katie, we could do this fucking literally all day. Um, I want to ask you with all the things that we just talked about, what do we do with this? What do we do with this awareness, with this knowing, with this shifting? What do we do with it? And how do we continue to show up in integrity, in our own spirituality, whatever that looks like? Yeah. What do we do with it? I think one, we create space from the awarenesses that we have that are creating suffering within ourselves. Cause we could like get really caught up in the suffering right? We're like, no more suffering. We're going to have enough suffering as it is just being on this human journey, but creating space or like creating deep boundaries around other people, other things, things that we know we can no longer traverse and trot down the same path with. Um, Not because you're being mean or creating it. No, just because that's very clear in your soul, what you need to do. And then I would say just like continuing to know how supported we are to continue to show up in the most embodied versions of ourselves moving forward. Really though, like how much everyone who surrounds you in your life now wants you to be able to quote unquote mess up, even though it doesn't look like a mess up to anyone else. 
and like loves you just as much for that and vice versa. Like being able to be so human in this experience of like being a spiritual, whatever, like whatever labels that we put on ourselves in order to be understood that will continue to evolve bridging spirituality and sexuality, doing whatever it is that you continue to do and just like showing up as you, knowing that it's safe to continue to like literally just show up because we could could get in our minds about this. We could shut down. We could be like, I want to throw in the towel. But instead, what if you just allow yourself to shift a little bit? You're like, oh, not doing that anymore. Now I'm going to do this because this feels good. Oh, not going to do that anymore. Going to do this. And knowing that like we're not actually losing anything we're only going to gain. So I think my thing within this, especially in feeling like I've been in a consistent, right. Consistent path of like growth and expansion and being like, I don't know what I want to do next. Like, I don't, that's coming what I'm creating or whatever, but there isn't pressure on it. There's just a knowing of like, I'm here. I feel like oftentimes this shift happens like when we're together or when we're like, with our people. And so I, I think that um, also consciously surrounding yourself with people that allow you to explore these things without you needing to have the perfect words or without you needing to explain yourself or without them jumping in and trying to explain your experience for you is very important as well. So mm-hmm. if you have people that can like listen without inputting, this is actually, I'm gonna divert for one second just because this is something that you talk about all the time and you have such an amazing, again, I keep using the word mastery, but mastery over in not only holding space, but like asking what the person needs, like asking, do you want a solution or do you want just a listening ear? I've been witnessing more and more and more about just the talking at each other that happens with people. And I'm so grateful that most in my life are not that way, but I, it makes me realize even more how much that most people don't necessarily have that an ability to like be heard without immediately having the other's personal experience come back. And so I would say taking not only responsibility, but like speaking up in your relationships of just wanting to be heard without necessarily a solution or like whatever it is that you want is uh, a way that you can move forward um, through your own self-discovery, but through not letting the misunderstanding or not letting all the noise get in the way of you living a life that feels really free and really fun, really connected. Mm. So good. So good. Yeah. I think I, I still, I have to sit with this. I feel like this podcast is going to change again and I don't know what that looks like. Um, I feel like the way I'm of service is changing and just how I'm operating. I also realize I'm stepping into a new phase of getting married and we're going to be getting pregnant in the next, you know, year. And just this whole, this whole phase and shifting, I think is giving me new perspective and is helping me restructure my priorities. And it's, it's also allowing me to call out bullshit more in every area of my life and let go of things that I'm just like, no, like that doesn't need to stay. That gets to go. This is old. That's crap. No, no longer for me. And I really feel like it's just being open to the shifting and the evolution without judgment and knowing that I am someone that is just changing all the time and 
enjoying that because this is what life is. This, this is it. Like this is life. The evolution, the changing, the ups, the downs, the bullshit, the truth, all versions of us. It's like, this is what we came here for. Mm-hmm. So just being open to that. I don't know. I do know. We're working on that. <laughs> I do know. I may not have access to it yet. Um, but that's where I am. So I am someone who values transparency and honesty deeply. And for those of you listening, thank you for showing up for this, for Katie and I, and for yourselves. It's just so important to, to me to share where we are and what's going on and revelations and all the things. And if this landed with you, I'm stoked. If it didn't, that's awesome too. It's all great. Um, I am tacking on to the end of this episode, your guest spot from the Onyx. So do you want to tell everyone just a little bit about your human design masterclass that you did for us? That was so bomb. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so perfect for this. So I am a human design teacher guide, whatever you want to say. And I also speak to human design through a lens that is not necessarily traditional human design. So I've worked in the system for the past four years, five years, and kind of created my own language around it. And in the Onyx, we spoke about how you uniquely make decisions for you by understanding your authority. And so what you'll need to listen to the next part is to one, pull up your free human design chart. My favorite site is geneticmatrix.com. You'll need your birth date, your birth time, your birth location. And there will be somewhere on the side, some words that will say what your inner authority is. It will say something like, emotional, splenic, sacral, self-projected, mental, lunar, ego, um, one of those. And then you can listen and hear how you discern truth for you, how you determine truth for you through the lens of human design, which has been, for me, the most profound lens I have found thus far in connecting me back to how to make decisions for me. That's not using the mind. I love it. And um, if anyone wants to work with you, I know you have your master classes like every now and again, and you go through all different facets of human design. And are you still taking one-on-one clients too? I am. I open up my availability about a week in advance every week. So you can find all of my information at katiecalder.com, katiecalder.com slash book dash a dash session or and you'll find everything there. And so I love working and meeting all of you one-on-one. Um, my master classes are great places to start. I cover everything from type to different centers, to astrology, to lines. And then I'll have a number of things coming up when, and I don't know when exactly, but I'll have a number of there's exciting like courses, trainings, things that are brewing. So I look forward to connecting with more of you in those ways. And of course, I always love, it's my favorite place to be on the Kelly show and just having <laughs> conversations that we have all the time, but like actually recording. I know, the time. God. 
for you guys. Like these are, this is the lens into literally conversations Kelly and I have every week that mm-hmm. are like not recording. Like it doesn't stand any different than this. We, I swear to God, we will stop mid conversation. We're like, fuck, we should be recording this. <laughs> our, our conversations are so good. We're like, damn, what did we just say? Yeah. So this is going to be fun to listen back and hopefully learn some and have some more things for myself. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being here. I love you so much. I love you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Mm. All right, everyone. Enjoy the masterclass. So excited to see all of you. What a special night. Um, I think a few more are probably trickling in, um, but we will get started. So I don't need to introduce her because y'all are obsessed with her. I've never received so many messages from everyone like, oh my God. (laughs) Um, I trust Katie with my life. Um, She is a gem of a sister and a human um, and the queen of all things human design and astrology and just my go-to gal for all the things. She She makes sense of all the things for me and she also talks over my head sometimes, but as she and I have established, that's okay because I'm not meant to take it all in, something about being a manifester which she can just talk about tonight because I don't get it, but she knows everything. Um, So I told Katie earlier this morning, she can do whatever she wants, um, but she wants it to be interactive and ask questions and all the things because how often do we get to sit with her and have access like this? So um, without further ado, I'm gonna let Katie take over. I'm gonna shut up and just enjoy all of this and you all let me know if you need anything. Katie. I love you so much, Kelly. I am so thrilled to be here. When Kelly was like, want to do the Onyx? I was like, I was, I've been waiting for you to ask. And it's always perfect timing. And I'll say a little bit about me. I'm sure you know a few things about me already, but I tune in to each group event, anything that I do, obviously week before, but I never know exactly what I'm going to show up and share usually until the day of. Um, An old version of me would say, oh, that's not organized, that's not professional. And literally, since I have been doing this and since I've been following myself, it's always the perfect message. So literally about five minutes ago, I was told what I needed to share. And before we get started, I want to do a little drop in because I'm feeling so much energy right now and need to ground back in. So I want everyone to close your eyes and get comfortable, whether you're seated, your legs may be crossed, legs on the floor. You want just to really drop down into your seat and maybe place your hands on your legs, either face up to receive, face down. If you're feeling a need to be a little bit more grounded. Just start to breathe. I want you to notice how your breath's moving through your body. Is it shallow? Is there anywhere it's getting stuck? Is there any area in your body that's feeling a little bit of tension? Send a little more breath there. I want you to imagine a cord at the base of your tailbone. Maybe it has a certain light to it, a color. Maybe it's a rope, maybe it's metal. Maybe it's just light. 
start to notice that coiled cord at the base of your spine and then start to drop it down, down, down through your home, through the grass, through the earth, through the rock, down, 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 down into the core of the earth. And maybe you tie it to something, maybe there's a stone there, a crystal, anchor and tie the cord and then start to climb up your cord, climb up through the earth, through the core, through the rock, all the way up back to your sits bones, through your spine and start to imagine a light going through your body, through your spine, all the way up to the crown of your head. And I want you to see that light moving up, up, up through your head, through the roof of wherever you may be, through the sky, through the clouds, up, 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 up as high as you can go. Now notice that light for a moment. Now start to come down through that light back into your body. Take a deep inhale through your nose. Open mouth, exhale. One more deep inhale through your nose. Fill up your belly. Open mouth, exhale. And one more deepest inhale of your day. Hold at the top for just a moment. Now open mouth, exhale, make a sound if it wants to come out. Ah. You feel rooted to the earth, rooted to whatever you connect with above. Now open your eyes and we will begin. So I hope we're feeling centered in this space I'm really, really grateful again to share this container. I could say a million incredible things about Kelly over and over and over again. And what I know is she leads from the heart and she leads from truth and she's committed to her constant growth. And with that, I know that that's mirrored in all of you who are in this space as well. And because of that, um, I'm going to begin by just sharing a little bit about me and I could talk about, as I'm sure all we could talk about ourselves, our journeys, our stories for forever. But in short, around five years ago, I had the first of many, let's just say, deep, dark nights of the soul of feeling like I had done everything that should get me there, that should get me feeling fulfilled in my life, happy, content. And I was, but I also had never been more disconnected from my life from my truth, from making decisions that were correct for me. And I found myself feeling just totally confused about how to move forward, about who I was, about my identity, about all the things. And it took me down this path that led to a series of synchronicities of one, finding human design, but really finding all of these different modalities and seeking who I was and seeking to live a life that 
not only made me feel deeply connected to myself, but to the world around me. It started with, I dove deep into yoga teacher training. I learned astrology. I dove into tarot, into Myers-Briggs, and I kind of had what we may call a spiritual awakening of sorts and could not see the world the same ever again after that. And so some titles, labels, things that I call myself, I'm an intuitive, I'm a human design teacher, I'm an astrologer, I'm a seeker, I'm a mystic, I'm a seer. Those are like labels I would call my 3D self so that others kind of understand who I am. But uh, <laughs> they don't really, these labels that we attach to, basically what I hope to always share is that I'm willing to let any of them go in an instant because they're not who I am. But who I am is someone who was once deeply, deeply disconnected to myself and I'm now someone who's never felt more connected to myself, never felt more connected to my truth, um, never felt more in trust with my knowing, never have given myself more permission to actually state what's correct for me and know that by leading not only from my heart, but from my truth, I'm not harming anyone. I'm actually helping everyone, even if it's a hard decision. Uh, and what I hope to share in everyone that I connect with, that I work with, whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's with the group, is that one, there's no size, one size fits all, that we're each incredibly unique and individual, and that we each have our own connection to source, to truth, to ourselves, to God, to the universe, to whatever it is that you connect to that is love and that is um, leading you back to home which is yourself. And so my, my mission purpose, one is hopefully to be a safe space for you to be seen for all of you, but also to know that just because you might do things a little bit differently from everyone else, that, that not only doesn't mean that you're wrong, but actually the more and more you allow yourself to peel back the layers of all the things that you should do, all the, all the ways that society says that it's correct to operate. And the more you really, really listen to you and to your unique way of operating, the more everything unfolds. So I don't know if any of you know about human design, if you know your human design types, would love to see that in the chat. And I'm going to be talking about human design, which if, if um, you don't know, it's a, ancient wisdom technology. It combines all of these modalities, Eastern and Western astrology, the Kabbalah, the I Ching, um, quantum physics, genetics, biomechanics, chakra system, all these tried and true systems into this one modern system that basically gives you the blueprint of your soul and helps you give you basically a roadmap of how to operate your life. And I love seeing, we have mangens, we have projectors. I know Kelly's a manifester. I'm a manifesting generator, we have a generator. This is amazing. So you probably, if you know nothing else, you know your type. And I'm actually not gonna talk about your type today. If you wanna hear about type, I have about 30 podcast interviews <laughs> in on my page. I talk about the same thing over and over again. Um, one of my Instagram accounts, human design lady, I talk all about type and the human design world is very, very caught up on type right now. And it's just scratching the surface of all that is you. What I'm gonna talk about today is how you make decisions for you. How we each individually have different modes and routes to truth. And it's called our inner authority. I see we have a sacral authority, Tina. Um, and what's really interesting is that human design 
I'm, I'm an emotional, what we call an emotional manifesting generator. I have emotional authority. And if you take nothing else away from this entire time together today, it's this, it's the following. And I want you to this, just like have this inscribed in your mind till the end of time. The mind is never the authority. The mind is never the authority. The mind is never the authority. But guess what? From the second that we entered the world and were birthed into whatever this hologram is, we were taught that we need to think about things and analyze things and rationalize things and make decisions with the mind literally from day one. And we have generationally been taught that, societally we're taught that, we're taught to live up here. That this is where truth is for us, that this is where decisions are made for us. And what human design among many other technologies and systems teach us is that, oh wait, we've chosen to come into a body because our bodies have intelligence. They have wisdom. They always know and yet we're caught up here from the get-go and we completely almost forget the wisdom of literally every ounce of our body. And trust me, I've been the most disembodied human. Like I'm, it's con I'm continuously like wrangling aspects of myself and bringing it back in. This is why this is my life's work because I've been so out of body and I've never trusted my body more. And human design has been a great tool in showing me how uniquely my body operates and how to trust the wisdom that it teaches in every now moment. So great, the mind is never the authority, Katie, I get it, but like I'm stuck in my head all the time. I'm thinking about all the things, I feel like I have a mental loop, I have, a, I have a questions, I have, you know, decisions I need to make, like that's great that you say that, but how do, I, how do I get out of the mind? That does not seem easy. Well, I didn't say it was, but it's a practice. And the first thing to know just within the mind is that the mind is really, really incredible for solving things outside of ourselves. It's really great at looking at information at analyzing at conceptualizing at solving things for other people. It's really bad about doing that for ourselves. And at the same time, the world hasn't taught us or hasn't um, nurtured us to know that it's safe to make decisions with our unique bodies. So I'm going to pull up actually my chart and just show you because you will be able to look at your own charts. And my favorite website for pulling up a human design chart is geneticmatrix.com. It has the most accurate UTC data. You don't need to pull up yours now. If you have it, that's great, but you can also have this for later. Um, this is what a human design chart looks like. It's uh, really crazy looking and there's all these lines and there's colors and there's all these planets and different gates and different numbers and decimals and every single tiny little piece says something about you. And it's not something to get caught up in as in this is the end all be on. It's all a group of potentials that shows you basically you in the highest potential and also all the areas that you could pick up from the outside world of stuff that isn't you. And so I, I wanna, before I even talk about authority, very much hammer it home that any astrologer, human design reader, tarot reader, wisdom 
sharer of any, 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 any type. No one knows truth for you more than you do. No one knows truth more than you do. And any system like this, especially human design, is always to lead you back to you and how you make decisions, how you best navigate the world as you. So within this, this is my chart. Um, these are all centers, these triangles and squares. They can be colored in. Colored in is defined, basically anything that's defined, whether it's a center, which is one of these like triangles or squares. It's basically effectively like chakras or these, what they're called channels or gates. Anything that's colored and is defined, meaning you have access to it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's consistent. It's always operating. Anything that's white, even like these numbers that are white, which are undefined gates, centers that are white, are areas that you have access to the most wisdom potential. They're also inconsistent and they're constantly being activated by people around you by the planets and where the current planets are. And so something that I want everyone to know is that your chart is never stagnant. So sometimes I have people come to me and they're like, oh, I'm really upset that I'm a projector or I have such an open chart or whatever. And I'm like, well, it, this is just your baseline. And so you understand your baseline to know that you're always changing. You're always being influenced. All of you, because you're in my aura right now, you have all of this defined and you're experiencing all of this, whether you have it activated or not. So authority <laughs> go in tangents and we come back i am an emotional authority i'm going to start with emotional authority which if you have this center right here defined you have emotional authority there's about 47 percent of the population who has some type of emotional authority we're not going to get into all the different types because there are at least seven types of emotional authority plus secondary and tertiary authorities it's a whole thing but if you have emotional authority you're either a manifester, generator, manifesting generator, or projector. All can have emotional authority. And you have not been taught to honor how you operate. And as someone who lives so in my emotional authority now, it has taken a ton of deconditioning because the world has not taught us it's okay to take time to make decisions. The world says, you need to know now. You need to commit. You need to plan your life eight months in advance. You need to, if you have emotional authority, you operate on what we call an emotional wave, crying all the time, you're on the floor. No, it feels like nervousness in the body. And it's important to give yourself time before making decisions if you don't have clarity. And so I'm going to give you an example. Emotional authorities, what's not often talked about is it's not about when you're in the lows because usually when you're in the lows you're not making decisions it's when you're in the highs and so I'm gonna give you an example let's say that Kelly says Katie let's go on a walk and I'm really excited I haven't seen Kelly in a long time I'm like yeah I want to go on a walk like absolutely I text her back right away let's go on a walk and my this is my normal wave and this is where I'm at and so then I start getting ready for the walk and my emotions start to dip and I'm like hmm and then they rise and then they fall and they rise and then they find neutrality and it's a no. But I already told Kelly half an hour ago that it was a yes. And so now I'm totally in my head. I'm like, you know, 
I should get outside anyway. It's a beautiful day. It's only half an hour. You know, I ditched last time. Kelly's best friend. Like I, I, how I should just do it. Should, 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 should. When my body's like, I do not want to go on this walk. And so most of the time when you have emotional authority, this even happens. Like, let's say this happened actually with Kelly we were going to go on this trip. And I was like, I just, I'm emotionally unclear. I don't know if I'm, and literally, so I said, no, three weeks later, I see you're in a different city and it just, it always aligns. So what I want to say, if you have emotional authority, the world has taught us that we need to be super decisive. We need to know our plans, our schedules, like months and months in advance, giving yourself time to say, you know, let's say someone asked for a walk. Oh, thank you so much for inviting. I'll get back to you when I know. Um, scheduling on your calendar. So I, I work with a lot of one-on-one clients. I do courses, I do programs. I truthfully do not schedule more than a week in advance. Most of the time I open up my schedule a week in advance and scarcity mindset would say that, you know, that's going to hurt your business. Like, yeah, how, how are you going to make money? What if no one ever comes back? I never miss someone that I meant to meant to see, or I'm never, I never don't create what I meant to create, but we've been so programmed that we need to live in this, that most emotional authorities don't honor themselves, which then guess what? The emotional center, if you're not an emotional, which any one of you who's not emotional, you're going to get even more. So emotionals, it is so important that you honor your authority because guess what? If you're making decisions out of emotions, the non-emotionals are going to feel it even more and they're not going to know why they're suddenly all over the place. And most likely it's you. <laughs> so we have to take a lot of autonomy and a lot of authority over our own self. And I'm going to say that when you allow yourself to give yourself time, it's really scary at first because it's like, what if nothing else comes, blah, 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 blah the amount of ease, fluidity, and trust you have in your decisions by only making decisions when you know, it's like you will not feel that tension in your body, that nervousness in your body. It's a full body exhale. It's a full body release. And I'll share with you, emotional authorities are often told that they're indecisive. It's not that you're indecisive, it's that you've been trained to make decisions before you're ready. I never don't make a correct decision for me because I don't make the decision until I know. And when I know, I will follow through 100% of the time. This is an emotional authority in their power. It has taken me a long journey to get there, but it's the most freeing thing. And I will say, most people are like, well, I can't live that way. There's this, this, and this. Well, I would look at look into your own beliefs and look into your own life if that's actually true. There are very few things that um, we actually need to just decide on. The few things are maybe RSVPing to a wedding or reserving something way in advance, but most things you actually don't need to decide right away. And again, when you live aligned to you, everything flows for you. So even if this person, this business coach says, do X, Y, and Z, trust yourself first. It's emotionals. Our next authority, sacral authority. If you have this center defined, but this one is open. So if this one's colored and this one's white, you have sacral authority. If you have sacral authority, you are a generator or a manifesting generator. Sacral authority. I always say that if you are a sacral authority, especially sacral generators, because manifesting generators can um, change their mind more often or 
quicker and shifting when SQL generators decide they like have the ability to up level their life so quickly. But the thing is similar to emotions where we're trust, we're told to trust our heads versus riding our waves and finding clarity in our bodies. Sacral people oftentimes don't trust their guts. So if you have sacral authority, your gut is always speaking to you a hundred percent of the time. And I literally want you to start practicing this in every single thing you do, where you put your hands on your lower belly, literally between your belly button and your sacral or sacrum and start asking yourself yes or no questions and listen to your responses and the noises that come through. So if you are a sacral person, I pointed out with every single sacral person I ever have, they're constantly making noises like, Mm, 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 mm. like every single one, like, huh, mm. and some it's like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, yes. Like all the time your sacral is acting. And I also want to say, if you are a manifesting generator or a generator, regardless of if you're um, emotional or not, you also have a sacral response. It's just that if you're emotional, your emotions trump the sacral. I literally want you to start this in tiny little things. Like, do I want this for lunch? Uh-uh. If it's a no, it feels like a contraction. It feels like, like almost like your lower belly is going like, eh, it feels like a pulling away. Mm-mm, uh-uh, no. Like, listen to the sound for you. If it's a yes, it's like, aha, mm-hmm, ha. It feels like everything in your belly is expanding. It's light. Think of like light versus heavy. And you have immediate access to that. And guess what happens? Let's say that Kelly asked me for a, to go on a walk and I'm sacral. I am. Um, put my hands on my lower belly. And eventually you don't even need that. But at first it helps to literally put your hands on your belly and make the sounds. She asked me, do I want to go, go on a walk? I asked myself, uh-uh. And then all of a sudden I get back in my head. Well, I should, blah, 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 blah. I had my answer. And so the same thing can happen no matter what. If you are sacral, the more and more you can trust your gut on that immediate yes or no, the better. And listen to the sounds, listen to the feeling. Um, signs you're out of alignment, especially um, sacral manifesting generators. I see this more than any other type. Um, sacral and emotional manifesting generators is like massive gut issues. Any sort of sacral being though, generators, manifesting generators, bloating, gut issues, all of that. Very, very highly related usually to not trusting your gut. Second. Third, if you are splenic, like Kelly is a splenic being, you are either a projector or a manifester. And if you are a splenic um, and have splenic authority, you have a sacral open and you have an emotional center open. So guess what? If you're splenic and you have someone who's not trusting their gut around you, you might feel that in your gut. If you are a splenic and someone made a decision that's incorrect emotionally, mm, you might feel like that's not a clear signal you're getting. And vice versa, if you're an emotional, if you're a sacral, if you're any type of being and have an open spleen like me and someone's not aligned with their spleen, you're going to feel that. So, but it's not something that you take on, right? Observe, don't absorb. Know that you're not like your body's awareness of what's safe, what's correct, what's not for you is real and trust it. If you are splenic, now splenic is so interesting because it's the most subtle of all of the authorities, but it's so quick. And I always like witness Kelly with this in that 
the spleen, it almost whispers. And it's like a sudden ping of knowing. It speaks once, it speaks in the now, and then it goes away. And so if you're a splenic being, this is where the mind can really try to override it in that, let's say you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you get like, turn left. And then your mind kicks on, your mind's like, wait, I'm already late. My appointment's on the right, blah, 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 blah. Well, maybe if you turn left, guess what? Like you're about to meet the love of your life and you're going to find the person that's going to put you on your track for whatever, like you're gonna find buried treasure. Your spleen always knows, but most spleenic people, and I see this most with spleenic people, have so disconnected to that really subtle ping that they can't hear it. And so if you are a splenic person, the way to build trust with it is literally listening to that. It's like a knowing that you can't describe. It speaks once and then it's not going to speak again. So your mind's going to try to get it back, but it's not going to happen. You literally have to listen to the subtlety. It's like a full body feeling and then move for it. When you start to, your life jumps from here to here, to here, to here, to here. And you don't have to explain yourself to anyone, but it's like, trust that knowing, trust that knowing. It speaks to different people in different ways. Some people hear like hearing, some people it's an inner knowing, some people it's a seeing. There's all sorts of ways the spleen can operate, but it's like a very, very instinctual awareness system. And the, the splenic people in my life who are super, super aligned, um, <laughs> you'll see how it operates because you'll ask them something. And when they're aligned, they'll immediately know. And it's like, it's, there's no connection to the mind there. It just comes straight through. And Kelly, you're so aligned to this. I and mean, Kelly's literally more aligned to her spleen than ever. I tell Kelly over and over again, you're like the most aligned splenic person I've ever known in that you don't need to know why, you know, it's such a trust from like the higher aspect of yourself that the more and more you trust it, the easier things are. And that's the same for all of this. The more and more you trust that I'm not emotionally clear in this. You don't need to know why don't force it. Maybe you'll be clear in five minutes from now, the more and more you trust your gut. Even if you think, Oh, this opportunity is a no, but what if nothing else comes? Well, when you say no immediately, that gives you opportunity for something else. When you're a splenic, the more and more you listen to those subtleties, regardless of the mind trying to control it, the more and more your life lays out like this. So that's the third, the fourth, if you have this, the identity center defined, but you don't have this, this, or this defined, you are a self-projected projector. If you are a self-projected projector, we have one here. Um, the tone of your voice is everything, literally everything. So, and it's not about getting other people's opinions. It's like, I tell self-projected projectors to literally voice record yourself, just talking about a decision. And you'll notice more than anyone, self-projected projectors are the ones that like, when you're, when it's a no, your voice will like get higher. You know, when we go to a coffee shop and you're like, thank you. And then you're like, fuck, why did I do that? Like get in your body, Katie, <laughs> like don't do that thing. So it's like, listen to that. Listen to when you're like, hmm, or like it can be different for different people, but your tone of your voice has so much power. The throat center is the place of manifestation and communication. And if you're a self-projected projector, your knowing will always come through just, it's like literally even feeling this area of your body. It's like a connection from here to here. And so versus sacral, it's going to be lower for self-projected projector. It's like, do you feel constriction here? Do you feel expansion here? 
all of this area, take note and then just start to talk to yourself aloud and start to feel when it's coherent and when it like landed in your body. And when you're thinking about this decision to go on this trip over here and you're feeling like it's a no, it's a no. The more and more you can connect to this area of your body, the better. A self-projected projector. And again, if you're a self-projected projector, if someone's emotionally out of alignment, you might be feeling it. If their sacral's all out of whack, you might be feeling that more. If someone's spleen is pinging, you might be feeling that even more. Like the thing is, that's all a gift. It's just knowing that these are not things that are consistently operating, but you can feel it even more. When I'm around Kelly, I have an open spleen. And especially because she's aligned, my spleen's even more on. I'm like, my spleen's pinging and then it can relax. Um, number four, if you have the heart, the ego, the will, this center defined, but you don't have this, 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 you are either a manifester or a projector. This, um, the authority with the heart center is the rarest authority and it's called ego authority. So you're either ego projected or ego manifested. If you have ego authority, you literally are here to do what you want. Like it's so, I swear the ego um, authority, especially ego manifested, ego manifestors can be the hardest to reprogram because we're taught that like literally doing what we want and going after our desires is selfish. And if you are an ego authority, it is so important to start to tap into your true desires because what happens is the heart center will like, immediately when you connect to your desires, it pings on, it'll like immediately propel you to that thing, but it's so important that it's true to your desire. And so um, with this, obviously it's like the heart area. So it's connecting to this area in your body and feeling, does it feel expansive or does it feel contractive? And it's literally with everything you do, like the more and more selfish, quote unquote, as society says, you can be the better, huge. I could say a million more things, but I swear for, for ego manifestors and ego projectors, it's like, literally, what do you want? And most of ego manifestors and projectors have been so conditioned away from actually being able to ask themselves that. So it would be a great practice, I would say, to just start to like truly tap in. Do I want this? No. And notice where your mind starts to meander you away from going against, going towards your desires, start to go towards your desires and everything opens up. Like truly, regardless of if you think those desires are stupid or that other people are going to judge you or whatever, like it doesn't matter. Go towards your desires and everything's going to feel easier. Everything's going to flow and you're going to be able to make it happen because your heart's going to be lit up, have this massive propelling motion that can move you towards that. So it's five. Number six, if you have everything from the identity center down white, but you have the Ajna defined, you can have like any, all three of these defined, you can have these two defined, or you can have these two defined. Any numbers of those combinations, you are a mental projector. If you are a mental projector, similar to emotional authority in some ways, um, take a little bit more time to make decisions, I would have like two to three confidants that you can kind of ping things off of, not for asking them for their opinion, but to actually tap into their authorities. Because if you're a mental projector, you have what we call no inner authority. And the reason you have no inner authority is because the only things that are defined are the mind, 
and the mind is never the authority. And so your mind is always operating consistently as a mental projector, but it's not supposed to be used towards you. <laughs> and so with mental projectors, because you're so open, you're constantly tapping into all the other authorities around you, but they're not your authorities. And so any mental projectors we have right now, like we have a whole group with a bunch of different authorities. If you have decisions that you're making, it's like hmm, tapping into that, tapping into how you feel like in this environment because you're super, super environmentally influenced and then coming back to yourself. And so I'd say with mental projectors, it's not about asking other people for permission, but it's literally just giving yourself the opportunity to. It's like around environments of a few different people that could even be like going on a coffee shop, going on a walk where you're around different auras and feeling just like all over your body. How do I feel in this a couple of different times? It's important to give yourself that time as a mental projector. Some things, and I say with everything, some things you just know, some things you know that it's a yes, that it's a no, that you're not gonna change your mind. Like if you're emotional for me, if I'm an emotional and I know right away and I know it's not gonna change, it's a no, it's a yes. Like it it just is. So also wanna preface with that, but um, yeah, mental projectors just be very, very aware too if someone else's thoughts, like be very, very careful on who you allow to penetrate your thought world on what you should do with different decisions because um, oftentimes other people are gonna have ideas or things that they wanna say that might not actually be how you feel within yourself. So just like be aware of influence from outside yourself and always come back to, okay, great, that that's their opinion, but let's tap into a couple different areas and a couple different phases with which I can feel in my body, how I feel. And then finally, if you are a reflector, meaning you have every single center white, you're probably going to, and similar to mental projectors, you're probably going to feel like, oh yeah, I feel the spleen. I feel the emotions. I feel the, all, all of you will feel all of this. It's just what you're going to feel consistently all the time and what you're going to feel when you're tapping into someone else. And so this is why it's like, huh, is this person have emotional authority in my life? Maybe I feel their wave more when I'm with them. Is this person splenic? Like it always helps because human design is a system, not only for our own understanding, but to understand that, oh, people make decisions differently than we do. So if you are a reflector in traditional human design, they're going to say, wait a full moon cycle, wait 28 days. Well, I say that some decisions like figuring out what I want for dinner tonight, it's not going to be a 28 day process. You're not going to wait a month to figure out what you want for dinner. The 28 day thing with um, reflectors has to do with like those ma massive life decisions because uh, 28 days is a moon cycle and reflectors are lunar beings where every other type is a solar being. And that's because while the moon impacts us all, the moon impacts reflectors like crazy because literally every two to three days, the moon changes a sign and the reflector can be a totally different person in some ways. Um, and so reflectors are super, super environmentally, they're like environmental mirrors. It's very, very important if you're a reflector to notice who you're surrounding yourself with, because let's say that the moon is in Sagittarius, which rules travel, which is all about expansion and higher learning. Maybe all of a sudden the moon's in Sagittarius, you're a reflector and you're like, I'm going to quit my job and travel the world. Well, what I would tell a reflector is like, okay, well, let's come back to that in a month. And if you're still the same in a month, the next time the moon's in Sagittarius, great, go do that. But in two to three days, the moon's going to be in Capricorn, which rules 
work, public eye, banking, things like that. So let's say the reflector is with a group of bankers. And all of a sudden the reflector is like, I'm going to become a banker. This is my dream job. Well, I would say, okay, wait a month. And if you still want to be a banker, great, be a banker. So it's those major life things because the, the signs that the moon traverses can have a huge impact on the reflector because then two and a half days after the moon is in Capricorn, the moon goes into Aquarius. Aquarius is very humanitarian, a little quirky. Maybe you decide to shave your head and um, quit your day job and work for the Peace Corps when the moon's in Aquarius. Well, I'd say just wait a month. And if you still feel like you want to shave your head and then move across the sea and work for the Peace Corps, great, do that. But where reflectors can get caught off is in that impulsivity of maybe even tapping into a sacral, tapping into a spleen, tapping into other things that might not be their consistent truth. And so those big life decisions, just give yourself a little bit of time. And with that, all of that is to say that regardless of what your authority is, all of this, every single authority has to do with body awareness, with how we feel in the body, with listening to our bodies. I mean, what a concept. And the more and more we notice, and I'll just say for my life, I'm like, where am I going to live next? Where am I going to go? What am I going to create in my business? Oh, let's take another month off. Like, who knows? But whenever I do, everything comes through. And so it's like the more and more you actually give yourself the opportunity to fully surrender to this, the more and more opportunity you have for things to be more easy, more effortless, to develop more self-trust, to have the relationships that you want to come in, to feel so supported. But most of us are so scared to actually like release, open our palms a little bit that we never let it happen. Most of us are scared to get messy. Most of us are scared to fail, but I will tell you from like, I've had no other um, option really than like I've chosen this path, whatever you want to call it, that I, when I do not listen to my body anymore, my body will shut down. I'll be put in bed with like a migraine for three days at literally like it's gotten to that point where it's like, oh, you sure you're, you're not going to listen. So, okay. I see what you're doing. Let's make this really uncomfortable. And uh, it's been really uncomfortable, <laughs> but what I will say is the more and more that I do listen, I'm like, no, I'm not going to push. No, I'm not going to overexert myself. No, I'm not going to attach to X, Y, Z label that says, this is how I'm going to be successful. This is how I'm going to, this is not a one size fits all. And if I'm going to teach and embody this work, I better be practicing it because there is far too many, um, individuals who, and from what I've heard from clients, from what I've heard from many that like, there's an expectation of them embodying that and it's not actually what's happening. And that's not to say anything about anyone. That's to say that your body knows better than any guru. Your soul knows better than any guide. I do not have the answers for you. I can lead you back to your own answers, but trusting myself with my own answers, trusting myself that I'm not wrong in how I feel that I'm not wrong in my body's experience of being around this person, of um, feeling like this thing that I had XYZ expectation for and now is totally not what I thought it was. It's all information. And the more and more you allow yourself to just take baby steps towards being like, okay, this is how I always did this. And 
this is how, what feels safe to me and what feels secure. Cause we all do want to feel safety and want to feel like we're not just constantly jumping off the roof. But there's this trust that's established with knowing that by listening to yourself, by allowing yourself to have that space to just tap in and move forward in alignment with your body, the more and more you allow that, the more and more, not only you realize you're, you're safe and you're held and you're in trust and that you're supported and that the things can come to you much more easily and effortlessly and, and in a more aligned way than ever, but you realize that you actually magnetize what you really want towards you. That can sound out there, but here's the thing. <laughs> As Kelly and I have spoken about a lot recently, it's like the, the proof is in the pudding and the more and more you, I, I swear, I can say this until I can just hammer it home again and again, but the more and more you really move forward from you. Like, I don't care what your friend thinks about this. I don't care what your parents think. I don't care what your conditioning thinks. Like we can give ourselves every excuse in the book of our own trauma, of our own wounding. I could talk for a million hours about my own. It's not important right now because what's important is knowing that you are worthy of not only the life of your dreams, but to have things easy and effortlessly come through in a way that's so aligned for you, a way that feels really good for you, even if it's the total opposite way of this person. And you can celebrate that person for having a totally different way of living, but their way is not your way. So there's right one thing to take away. The mind is never the authority. I want you to notice your mind, notice your thoughts. What should you do? Oh, I should, I need to exercise every day. Well, guess what? Is your body want it? Your body might want to take a couple months off, maybe a year off. It's kind of been my, my story this year. Maybe your body just wants to go on walks. That's been me. Maybe it doesn't want to do anything. Maybe it wants to exercise really hard. I should eat this, that, and that. Well, let's think about that. How does your body feel? Does it want that? They say, especially for the sacral being, let's say that you meal prepped all these salads and you go to the, your fridge and you're like, do I want a salad? Uh-uh. Do I want the pizza? Uh-huh. Guess what? You're going to have a lot more trouble digesting that salad than you will that pizza if your body's not in coherence with it. Your body knows. Other people can be good for information to help guide you back and to give you tools, but your body knows. And so baby steps of just noticing, like, where do we feel contraction in our bodies? Where do we feel resistance? Where do we feel opening? Where do we feel like we need to do something now? Let's take a note. Is that in the mind? I'm going to read some of the comments. <laughs> Kelly, like, it is the actual reason I've been taking so much time off. I want you to talk about too. What's happened when you take that time off? Um, yay for you listening. So me when I meal prep. Yeah, me too. But my genes don't agree. I would look at that thought though. Because the thing is, if we have subconscious beliefs saying that um, going into eating X, Y, and Z, that this is going to cause this, like, let's say that this, if we have a belief that says this pizza is going to make me gain weight, guess what? That I would look at um, Masaru Emoto water experiment. I don't know if any of you know about this, about it's basically talking about water droplets and you say nice things to the water droplets and you say mean things like everything is energy. We're not going to have time to go in that today, but it's real. So like if you have a belief that's saying that, then it's more likely going to manifest. So just like really, really look at your beliefs because I've seen people do radical things with their bodies. I've seen people um, 
who are fully in connection with your body be able to not only cure massive like incurable illnesses but also be able to let's just even talk about food like do whatever they want with that do whatever they want with how they operate in their life and come from a place of total integrity honesty and self-trust that their body is know what to do and so first it's like I, I just want to say with that that's such a great example of just so much programming that we have especially as women around everything that tells us no and we need to do this in order to get there but really it's like well the more we create trust and the more that we see how much our mind is like battling that trust the more we have an opportunity to be like oh wow that's still operating this is a daily practice for me oh that's still operating okay lean in. Oh, thought it was over that. Nope. Lean in. And the more and more like you're going to develop a, oh, I feel why there's been this like chasm, this disconnect between the two. And instead of like consistently going like this, we're going to relax and let it have a more simpatico relationship. Step-by-step, one step forward, two steps back, one step forward, two steps back. You're always going to, or two steps forward, one step back. You're always moving forward. Um, me too. That's great. 27 pounds, three months, sequel. I'm going to change my thoughts. Yes, 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 yes. Amazing. And it's like, and that's that's an intention you just made for yourself. And I feel your sacral lit up by that. The best thing first, witnessing our thoughts, witnessing the programming, not beating ourselves up for having that thought because that doesn't do anything good for us. Like we all have this. We've all been programmed. We're not victims we've all been programmed, noticing what our programming is and starting to just take little steps every day to be like, okay, even if I didn't choose in that moment, I can still choose in this moment. Even if I took five steps back in this moment, oh, I see where that program is operating. I'm going to love myself. Even if I feel like I don't deserve love, even if I feel like X, Y, Z, whatever it is, and I'm going to take a step forward. Um, And this is all to say, again, it is safe to be you. It is safe to make decisions as you. It is safe to feel unsafe and to develop safety within yourself in the way that feels most aligned for you. It can be a really, really scary thing to trust yourself after a lifetime that says others have the answers. Actually, is one of the most terrifying things. It's like takes radical self-responsibility, but it's so freeing. And then guess what? You start to worry less about what other people think. Because you have this relationship of being like, okay, well, that's great, but my body's saying, no way. Or, oh, okay, I see that that story, you start to like have so much compassion for other people and where they're at, because really other people's interpretations are from their own wounding too, and from their own um, interpretations and misinterpretations are from their own stories. And so people really can only meet you with how deep they're meeting themselves. And so it starts to bother you less what other people think. And that is so freeing because when you can trust yourself, other people's, and you can really know that, no, my body's saying this, even if everyone says something different, you really know that, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be me. That, that is oftentimes a lifetime of reprogramming, but it just takes a moment again and again. It's okay to be me. It's okay to be me. It's safe to be me. It's safe to, to trust my body. It's safe to see the thoughts of my mind and say, oh, okay, I see you. I'm observing you, but I'm not going to take you on. I'm not going to act on you. I'm going to allow myself to surrender just for a moment and then move forward. 
And then I'm going to see you again. And then you're going to scream extra loud because I'm not listening to you, but I'm going to move forward. And then it just gets a little bit less and a little bit less. And, little, and then it's going to scream and then it's going to get less and less. And then it's going to scream again. And then you're going to laugh at it because you're going to be like, ha ha, you're back. And then it's going to get less. And then it's going to start to be like this great cosmic joke and being able to choose. So I'm going to give a final before we have time for, uh, we only have a couple minutes. Well, <laughs> this is where we run out of time. Um, I'll just, I'll just leave with a final story since we're going to run out of time. Kelly and I were talking about this. I don't even know what story I'm going with. I lost it, but Kelly and I were, are talking um, time for a couple of questions. Anyone ask questions one, but I'm going to tell a story as people ask questions. We were speaking, I don't even know when, like a week ago, maybe, about um, how funny it is how this experience of, we talk about these like dark nights of the soul or these experiences of shadow or whatever, because of leaning into them so deeply, when they show up now, it's almost like, oh, I know who you are. And like, this is really painful again, but like, I'm actually going to see you. And so you kind of move through it like this, and then you get to choose to move out of it. And the darkness or like the shadow or the really scary parts kind of become your friend. It's really, it's really crazy. And I'll tell you, this has been a full shift within me probably in the last month of like, what's going to show up now? Oh, this is interesting. Like, let's play with this for a moment and then let's move and but not dismissing it not avoiding it I say that because the more and more you allow these parts that you like have been pushing away numbing resisting whatever just like allow themselves to be seen for a moment you actually can move through them it doesn't need to be quickly but you can move through them and continue to be safe and then you can be in joy a moment later but like actually allow yourself to experience them in your body and also seek support if it um if, if support, if you feel like support is needed for diving into certain moments, because support is always, always available to you, but it's like, allow yourself to actually seek what you need and trust your body and trust your needs. Um, what resources do you recommend for reading more? Oh, reading more about what? Kind of a specific question. Can sacral authority be related to feelings or issues not just in your gut, but also literally the sacrum bone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our type. Um, I would read everything on my Instagram at human design lady. <laughs> uh, and I would take my master classes. not a shameless plug, but like if I'm being completely, I don't even want to say honest because I've been honest the whole time. I hate when I say if I'm being honest, right. But I, um, am not a huge reader of information outside of my own. So I can give human design books. I would recommend the definitive book on human design. Um, Karen per Curry Parker has a great book. Chitan Parkin have great books and I can share all of those links resources after, but um, I'm moving away from traditional human design and how it's taught and kind of reformulating my own system. And so some of what I would share as recommendations are not actually things that I fully align with. So I can't fully back them, but those are ones that I can vet saying that like for type, I would recommend that. Take your master classes, very affordable. They are. Uh, 
partner readings. I do do partner readings. I will send um, Kelly the link to all of that after. Question, got a reading from Katie two weeks ago and it was life-changing. Caitlin, thank you for saying that. I was so grateful to meet you. I know every everyone that I meet, it's like, I say this too. And I wanna say this to all of you because I truly, truly believe it. And it's why I do the work that I do, but every single person, individual, I say a soul family. And I literally put that out there. I'm like, anyone I meet is, there's no hierarchy in this. It's like a soul connection. And I'm just literally activating codes in you because that's what my human design says I'm here to do <laughs> and what my soul, but human design has been that confirmation so I can like fully embody it. But I activate my own codes to activate codes in you so that you can activate your codes with every person because all of us have a unique way of speaking truth, of speaking love or speaking power that your way of doing it is going to reach the people that I can't reach. And I can reach people that you might not reach. And then we have crossover, but like we all have a specific gift, specific voice, specific, we come into specific forms. I laugh all the time. I'm like, huh, lol, that my form, I chose this earth suit but it's the one that I guess can carry out my mission the most. Like we choose it for a specific purpose because it attracts or connects with the right people. And so the more and more we can actually lean into this as technology, like we're, I, I see our bodies as technology, technology to carry out our missions, the more and more we like become with, oh, I chose this technology because this technology can meet this person. Like I'm very clear that my technology is not for everyone, but yours is. And so if we can like really see each other and fuse each other with our codes, like have reverence for each other, know that there isn't competition. What a gift. We create this massive web where we like quite literally expand the collective consciousness. So thank you all for doing that. Um, thank you all for like being soul family, for Kelly, for creating this incredible group of this sisterhood, this safe place to land. I mean, it's truly, it's life-changing. This is life-changing work and this is life-changing for you all to choose this, to choose to come into this and to choose yourselves in this. Um, it's not, it's a very big commitment to yourself. And even just being in a container like this, I tell this to Kelly all the time, but you're shifting without even knowing that you're shifting. Like just by being here, you're shifting without knowing you're shifting. So allow yourself to not be so hard on yourself and needing it to be like this, just to be here and then see how the steps are laying out to maybe test out your authority a little bit, but not be mad about yourself when the mind comes back in because the minds, again, the minds are never the authority, but the minds have been programmed to, for us to, think that they're the safe way to go, but to really, really just like exhale to step forward, to allow yourself to step forward a little bit more, to allow yourself to listen, and then to be really, really grateful and proud of yourself, even if you don't feel your, feel that in any moment that you've chosen to be you, because we really, really need you to be you this lifetime, not to be a different version of this person, but like to really be you. So trusting that, stepping forward in that, having reverence for that, noticing where you've taught that that's wrong, that you should change yourself, that you should whatever, and then knowing, no, 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 I'm, I'm here to be me so that I can help meet all the people, connect with all the people and expand in the way that I can best. So thank you for choosing that. Thank you for having me here, Kelly, today. This is so fun. 
Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're the best. Katie, every time you talk, I learn so much. I love you. <laughs> um, thank you all for joining. Like I said, um, sh I will shamelessly plug her for her. Uh, her master classes are everything and she gets really specific into certain lines um, and types and all the things. So if you know what you are, you can take a specific master class that she offers and really go deep into who you are and what that looks like. Um, Katie's super active in the DMs and on social. Um, so if you have questions after this, let her know if you want to book a reading with her. I know she doesn't open her books like super far out, but like Caitlin said, um, I mean, Katie does my reading like every day for me and reminds me. <laughs> so I can attest to this. Caitlin shared it. Um, working with Katie is incredible. And she just really puts all of her heart and soul into this work. And you feel that when you're with her um, as a client. So I just want to thank you, Katie, for being here. I love you so much. This was so great. Um, and yeah, I will, I'll drop links for everything when I post this as well inside the Onyx for you. So thank you, girls. Thank you all so much. Hey, Kelly, I just wanted to say congratulations. Thank it's been you. To talk with you. Oh, thank you. That's exciting. <laughs> it's beautiful. Thank you so much. I yeah. appreciate it. Thank you, Brett. Yep. All right, girls. Love you. Have a great night. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you would like even more exclusive content, conversations with me, the ability to connect with women in a really sacred space to continue to challenge yourself, to create space for yourself and come back home to your truth and your knowing, I would love love, love to have you inside the Onyx, the incredible space that I created for women like you who want more and who are ready to lean in to all of it. You can go to patreon.com slash the Kelly show. The link is in the show notes and I cannot wait to see you in there and hold that space for your growth. See you soon.